0: everybody has an opinion even people who have never had cancer I can't tell you how many people would come up to me and tell me you need to have a mastectomy Mm. and they were people who have never been through it and I it would always kind of get me angry um, and think well you have no idea what you're talking about what if someone told you to just go right take your breasts off when cancer
1: enters your life things get real very quickly. The fear that patients and their families and loved ones experience is one of the most difficult aspects of a cancer diagnosis. In addition to managing the fear of death, how do cancer patients who are parents cope with the fear that their children will lose a parent? Today I'm speaking with Marissa Weiss. Mother, teacher, and dancer, who in 2016 was diagnosed with breast cancer and underwent a double mastectomy as part of her complex cancer treatment. Marissa talks about dealing with the overwhelming fear that her young children might grow up without their mother, and how her husband's sense of humor and the laughter they shared served as an antidote to the fear they both experienced throughout the process. Marissa also reflects on the very personal decision to have a double mastectomy and how she has coped with trauma by making meaning and finding purpose in her cancer experience. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is Real Cancer. Marissa, thanks for coming in to talk to me today. Of course. Let's begin by having you tell us a bit about yourself and your cancer diagnosis and the treatment that you underwent.
0: I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer in March of last year, 2016. Um, I have two young children. Right now, um, my oldest son is almost seven, and my youngest is three and a half. At the time, they were two and five. and I was triple positive, um, my breast cancer, which means it was a specific kind of treatment for it. I had six rounds of chemotherapy and um, 17 Herceptin treatments, um, which targeted the specific type of breast cancer that I had. And I also had a double mastectomy and reconstruction. I luckily didn't need radiation and I'm currently um, on a hor- anti-hormone therapy to target the um, estrogen positive side of my tumor
1: so that's uh, to try to keep the cancer from coming
0: back exactly
1: right yeah. okay and um, how is that new treatment making you feel?
0: Um, in, well, the whole experience is, Quite a roller coaster ride. Um, starting, I first started on a medication called tamoxifen, which had some side effects, but I my body had kind of adjusted to it. So recently, they changed my medication and started decided to um, shut down my ovaries because I was producing too much estrogen. So I've been getting, I started a shot every month called Lupron, and um, a new medication which is an aromatase inhibitor, which is similar to tamoxifen, but potentially worse side effects. So the medication is not making me feel so great. I'm a little bit nauseous, I'm more tired, I have some joint pain. I've heard this can get a lot worse, but um, you you just kinda take each step as, as it comes.
1: Right. Just thinking about yourself as a pretty young woman, how does it feel to be put into menopause?
0: It's really interesting that you asked that, because I had this reaction when I found out that I needed to do this, like that I felt like all my femininity was kind of being taken from me. I mean, I, did, I was like, I chopped off my breasts. Now I'm, you know, about to be in menopause, and I'm currently 37 years old, and it can make you feel kind of sorry for yourself in a way, but I can't like live like that for you know I, I have to kind of change my perspective but it's definitely really difficult and challenging and it was um, it brought up that a whole this other set of emotions that I don't really think I experienced even with the mastectomy I felt like I kind of the, with the mastectomy I wasn't um, focused on the fact that I was really losing my breasts or like the visual part of it or and that wasn't really I just wanted the cancer to be gone and I didn't want to think about it again and I didn't want to get it again so I think this is kind of bringing up those feelings as well
1: right right so tell us a little bit about what happened when you were first diagnosed how did you you feel about being diagnosed with cancer other than horrible and uh, what were some of your primary
0: concerns well I found the lump myself I was in the shower and just putting soap underneath my armpit and found the lump. And nobody thought it was cancer, even when I ended up having an ultrasound. It didn't even look like it on the ultrasound, but they biopsied it just to be sure. But I did have an enormous amount of anxiety waiting for the results. I'll never forget, we were in Palm Springs on a family trip, Um, my husband and my children and with my parents. And getting that call, I kind of knew when I saw the, that the doctor was calling on the phone. I, I knew it was bad news. Right. And I just remember sitting there. just It felt it feels like your whole world is like kind of crashing in. And the main thing that just kept going through my head was, am I going to watch my children grow up? Am I going to be alive for them? Are they going to have a mother and that was probably for me like the definitely the most heartbreaking hardest part Um, and then there were these there were several days that went by where we actually we couldn't get an appointment with the doctor because she was out of town and she was the surgeon was like the top one that you I wanted to see so I was waiting for her and we just like had this news but not really any information on it and i feel like the waiting with the unknown was very terrifying i mean it was very the whole it's a very terrifying experience i think for anyone who's diagnosed with any kind of cancer um but having my children and having them be so young i just couldn't stop thinking about that
1: yeah i know i really uh, focus on that as well i mean even now, just thinking about that, if I have a recurrence and um, my children are a little bit older than yours, but I definitely focus on my daughter and just thinking about her growing up without a mom, it's, it's a very scary idea.
0: It is. It, it, it's the worst part for me, definitely.
1: Right. With this you know, really difficult diagnosis, the waiting, and then the very intense treatment that you went through, what were some of the coping strategies that helped you to, to get through it?
0: I feel like during chemo, I was like in this tunnel of, I just had to kind of take each day at a time or even each minute. And if I focused on every all the treatment I needed, it was very overwhelming. So I just had to kind of take it one day at, of a, t- at a time in that sense. Also having the perspective, it could be worse like i caught it early it was stage one I, I could have it could have been worse you know i very i felt very grateful and fortunate at the same time because my doctors said to me this can be cured we we can treat this and i know that people don't have that experience always so That's right. i had that perspective and also the perspective that i had access to such incredible doctors And some people don't have that. And I think that I had that perspective throughout, even when I was going through the worst of it. Um, What also really helped me was my doctor had recommended or asked me if I would help somebody that was starting treatment about like three to six weeks into mine. So Mm -hmm. she was like a treatment behind me. Um, And I did the cold caps where you save your hair and this girl was like a year younger than me, also had two young boys, also was doing cold caps and she asked if I would talk to her. And from the minute we emailed each other, like about a year ago, we have literally text messaged or talked to each other every single day. And so she's really become like a best friend of mine. And it's a really crazy story because we ended up figuring out we went to elementary school together. Really? Yes. <laughs> um, but that really helped me because I had somebody that that had she was going through the exact same treatment. We had the same side effects, so we could say anything to each other, even though we had just met. And it really helped me to have that person because you kind of feel like as much as like I'm um, as amazing as my husband and my family. Um, as amazing as they were for me, they didn't really understand, and they were going through their own thing, watching sure. me go through it. So, to have somebody that really knew um, was really helpful, along with some other people who had already been through it. It was helpful to talk to them as well.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's an amazing coincidence yeah. that you were able to to find that person. I actually I had a similar experience, not uh, with somebody who had the same. Uh, cancer as me but that we just connected really quickly Mm -hmm. and um just you know developed this intimate friendship and when nobody else was interested in talking about dying we could talk about dying together
0: yeah exactly or like the side effects of chemo some of the gross side effects you're able to talk to with somebody that you just met it's like you said an instant um really deep connection
1: right right other than of course the the just the difficulty of of treatment and and the surgeries that you had, et cetera. Um, and and then your worry about your children. Uh, what has have you found to be the most difficult aspect of this experience?
0: Well, I do think the most difficult is the worry for my children. And watching at the time, watching what it did mostly for my older son, who understood. Um, even though we told him what I think he developmentally could understand, you know, mommy has a lump. It, it's not good for her body. She's going to start medicine, and the medicine's going to make her sick. He, it, it, it was so hard for him, and he knew it was like at a. It was deeper than he than all the information we gave him. And I just, he's a very happy. Um, easygoing child and at the time like I saw a lot of anger out of him and watching Mm. that was really heartbreaking for me because I felt like I was totally I couldn't control anything and it was really sad and and then some of the conversations he would have with me he would ask me questions about my mommy are you gonna die young Mm. like how did he pick up on that I don't know but he had these questions and we would have conversations about it. And oh, wow. I think it helped him a lot to have those conversations. And it was kind of like he got it off, but then I was left with it, which right. I was glad I could you know, do that for him. Another thing that he had said, we were talking, it was I had drains in from one of my surgeries and he's like, I c- can I touch your, your armpit? And I said, no, you can't touch my armpit. And he's like, right, because you'll get an infection because the dirt can get in. And I said, yeah that's right, I could get an infection. And then he said, well, I know what you had was way worse than an infection. Mm. So he knew the like gravity of the situation, even though...
1: Right, he could pick up on the worry yes. and the... Yes. Just, he picked up on something.
0: Right, and that that to me was just so heartbreaking to to watch.
1: Do you imagine that you'll talk to them about your experience at some point?
0: Yes, I I do. We didn't use the word cancer. I don't know if that was the right choice. At the time, we had consulted with some therapists who didn't recommend it. I don't really know if that was the right choice. I'm not sure, but I do think now I would tell him, you know, just so you know, this was called breast cancer, if it came up organically Mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't so random. Um, and and with my younger son too, and it definitely affected him. I mean, between two and three is a really big developmental time, and like I wasn't able to pick him up or put him to bed or do any. I was too weak. Mm-hmm. I saw him acting out in his own way, mm-hmm. and I and I feel like his kind of even lasted longer after the fact. Um, so I will definitely talk to them about it and share it with them and right. And let them know as they get older I think I think it's really good in a way for kids to see like you could overcome something really yeah of course terrible and the, you know that could happen to our family and you know we got through it
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah I think uh it's it's one of those things that um you know you we will want to do it but uh you know when is the right time to do it it'll be Uh, interesting process to decide when you're going to do that and how you're going to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. I I was going to also say that I think what's really difficult is when you're a primary role as a caretaker is to kind of switch that role and have other people take care of you and to kind of give into that um, is is definitely challenging.
1: Have there been any lasting effects from that switch in, in roles?
0: I do think I'm more mindful and aware of taking care of myself Mm -hmm. in a way that I wasn't before. Um, But I sometimes also think I just like kind of have jumped back into this role of doing a lot and that I need to slow down. I think Mm -hmm. it's easy to kind of get caught back, get caught up in um, kind of how things were before a little bit. Right. um, In some ways not in others.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can kind of, I mean, you know, when you set up patterns that have lasted for years already, like Mm -hmm. being super competent, it's uh, suddenly hard to just uh, back off a little bit. Yes. Um, Will you talk a bit about the decision process you went through to have a mastectomy?
0: Yes, that was probably the hardest decision I think I've made in my life. And they ask you to make this decision when you're going through chemotherapy, and you're physically and mentally very drained, and my head felt so cloudy. I, I remember like writing to my phone, how am I supposed to make this decision when I can't even really see straight or think clearly? Right. Um, but I gathered a lot of information, I think, is what I ended up doing. Everybody has an opinion, even people who I've never had cancer. I can't tell you how many people would come up to me and tell me, you need to have a mastectomy. Mm. And they were people who have never been through it. And I it would always kind of get me angry um, and think, well, you have no idea what you're talking about. What if someone told you to just go right take your breasts off? But um, I talked to my doctors, and I was in a position, which I was lucky to be in, where... I had the choice, so they, their standard treatment of care for me would have been a lumpectomy and radiation. But they did not mention, because I was so young, that I might want to consider having a double mastectomy and reconstruction. Um, so even the doctors have very differing opinions. So I consulted a radiation oncologist who basically told me Having a double mastectomy would be equivalent to like chopping off my arm. That there was no reason for it. Hmm. And then I would talk to plastic surgeons, who would one told me that it would it I would be playing the lottery with my life if I didn't have the mastectomy. Right. So, so
1: such a, a dramatic uh, language from everybody. Yes.
0: And I would leave these appointments so upset. And thankfully, my husband was with me, and he has a wonderful sense of humor, and he would just do imitations of the doctors, and then we would start laughing. Um, But it was a really wide range of opinion. And my oncologist is a very wonderful, empathic woman. And she really presented both sides to me. And I ended up talking to people who had had um, both surgeries. And really, I think the bottom line for me was what my gut was telling me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I had a lumpectomy and radiation that I would it would, it would be like I'd be waiting for the other shoe to drop, mm-hmm. and I would be even more anxious than I am of right. having. Um, it's really more of a prevention of a new breast cancer. It doesn't really lower my, your recurrence rate mm-hmm. for breast cancer significantly. Hmm. Um, it's really about a new breast cancer. Um, so I knew that I was at slightly higher risk. I don't carry the gene, so I was at slightly higher risk to get a new breast breast cancer than an average woman and I just felt in my gut that it was the right thing to do but I really feel like it's such a personal choice right and no one could really ever tell you what to do and I think it's really different for everybody
1: right and when you mentioned you don't carry the gene are you talking about BRCA yes the Mm -hmm. BRCA gene so you had your genetic counseling and and didn't find any anything. Do you have any family history of? of
0: I don't breast have cancer? a family history of breast cancer. In fact, I don't have a very strong family history of cancer. There's um, only a couple people, one on like each side of my family, right, that have had cancer. I did. They did find these. They're called genes of like unknown mm-hmm. significance, which means that they haven't linked them to anything, and they usually come out benign. I had a few of those. But they, the doctor said that there was no, there was no; those genes should not have any um, weight in my decision. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: It's a really a pretty um, immature science as well. They just mm-hmm. don't have all that much information right yet. So it's um, it can be helpful, but it can also be kind of not that uh, informative. Right. You've uh, finished your treatment last year, right? And uh, tell me a bit about your post-treatment experience. Uh, you talked a little bit about the um, medications that mm-hmm. you've put, been put on. What are some of the emotional or physical issues that you faced?
0: Um, so I, did, I finished chemo in August of last year. Um, and my second surgery was in December of last year. And I actually had Herceptin up until a couple months ago so that was just recently stopped um i feel fortunate in my side of like the side effects from the long-lasting side effects i do have some but i feel fortunate i don't have neuropathy and some of the other side effects that i know are really challenging mm-hmm. um i do still feel a little i don't feel like i have my full energy back mm-hmm. which I was told wouldn't come back fully for a while.
1: Yeah, um, I was told a, a year, and actually more recently I had a doctor say that, you know, depending on how long you were under treatment, etc., it can even take longer than that. Exactly. So you kind of come up quickly initially, but then it, it's slower.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly kind of how I felt. Like I thought I was like gearing up with all my energy, and I realized that I don't have my full energy back. Um, I have something in my arm called cording that keeps kind of returning. It's just like uh, basically a tightness. It's not terrible, but I have to go to physical therapy for And it, that. is that from having lymph nodes removed? It's from having lymph nodes removed. I had three lymph nodes removed. Um, it was not in my lymph nodes, the cancer, um, but they did remove them to look at them closer. And there's... Other side effects, like I had mentioned from this new therapy, and I think emotionally it really I remember my um, breast surgeon telling me it's a roller coaster for a while, and even afterwards, and I felt like mm-hmm. after chemotherapy and i I think I've heard some other people even on the podcast talk about it it i I had that's like when the, all the emotions kind of came to me.
1: Yes, I think it's like post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. or something hits you then.
0: Exactly. Um, so I think, and there are, and a lot of things I always talk about, oh, I, it's a PTSD moment where doctor's appointments kind of bring it up or a test result or you're waiting for something. Um, I Or even like when we visited Palm Springs recently, mm-hmm. the same place where I was diagnosed, it it brought up a lot of feelings and anxiety for me. Um, I think the fear and like getting a grasp on the fear, I think a lot of dealing with cancer is like having control over your mind. It really messes with your mind. And Mm. I feel like I have to, I've learned not perfectly or even that well all the time, but I try to kind of like, turn switches off in my head, so to speak. Mm. Um, When that fear piece comes in, I know that it's not going to do me any good to worry about a recurrence or to have that fear or to start thinking about my kids not having their mom. So I try, I'm way more able to kind of turn that off Mm -hmm. and turn that thinking off because I know that there's nothing I can do about it.
1: You know. And so what do you do to do that? What's your your process? Do you like go out for a run or do you you know have a conversation with yourself or what is it
0: i think i have a conversation with myself i tell myself you know that thinking's not going to do you any good um a close friend of mine had recommended this book called radical acceptance Mm -hmm. um it's kind of a it's a buddhist by tara brock it's a buddhist perspective but i read it very closely during treatment And it talks a lot about how to deal with fear Mm. and kind of say, okay, that fear is there and I know it. And I see the fear and I recognize that it's there, but I'm not going to kind of let this take over my life. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's hard. I mean, there's weeks or days, moments where I find it hard to do that.
1: Yeah, going in for a test or a blood test, it just can take you straight back into mm-hmm. that feeling of what am I going to find out?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you, I feel like even just like yesterday, I went to, I have to see a genetic counselor once a year and it's not really a big deal. I don't, I, it really isn't, but just being at the cancer center, mm-hmm. just being there, it, it's hard.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely felt that as well. You just feel like suddenly things are out of control or Mm -hmm. could go out of control really quickly. How has the experience affected you, how you experience life and what you prioritize? Has the experience affected your worldview, would you say?
0: Yes, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's really honestly changed me completely. Mm. I don't know if my husband would fully agree with that, but I, I think I'm very different um, in the sense that I am more in the moment and can appreciate the moment more. I was was always the type of person that would want to do everything and get everything done and be the best mom and be the best teacher and you know just do everything as per- I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And I think when i would put my kids to bed i would often be thinking okay i after i put them to bed i'm gonna do you know i'd run through a list and i don't do that so much anymore i want to appreciate the time with them and be in the moment and not worry about what's gonna happen next and what's coming next so i think it's really made me more aware and mindful in that way and Also, I I do think it's made me more aware of taking care of myself because I think I've always taken care of everybody else before myself. And um, it's an old habit that sometimes definitely comes back, as I mentioned before, but I do think that I'm more aware of it and try to do things like yoga and dance because I've always danced my whole life Mm -hmm. to take care of myself
1: when you're thinking you have to be the best and take care of everything and take care of everybody and you can't you know, take time to take care of yourself it's like you're worried that something's going to go wrong. So have you found that anything's going wrong now that you're taking care of yourself a little bit?
0: Um, No, in fact I think I I think it's it's better. I mean obviously there's nothing good about um, the diagnosis of cancer but I feel like for me, I had to find some meaning in it mm-hmm. or some purpose. It's the only way I feel like I can ha- or have been able to get through it. Like there had to be a purpose or a reason for this. Mm. Otherwise, I think I'd be really depressed about it a lot. And mm. instead, knowing, you know, maybe now I am going to be more in the moment. I can enjoy think life more and stop worrying about the you know the future what needs to be done like those things aren't important and I also think it's made me really want to give back I've gotten involved in a you know a couple of organizations and and doing walks and just or all, just talking to people who are newly diagnosed with some kind of cancer I want to help them because mm-hmm. I feel like I was given a lot of support and I want to give back in that way Right. And it makes you realize, too, how there's so many people that don't have access to health care mm. and, and good health care. And, I, you know, I, I want to do something to get involved and in kind of and change that. so Right.
1: And so what uh, have you formulated what it is that you want to do? Or are you still kind of in a nascent stage in terms of that?
0: Um, well, the friend that I was telling you about, she is really good at being proactive. And so... We got involved in the Susie Komen organization and ended up raising more money than any team um, when we did this walk. And I think we might become part of the board for it's the Young Survivors, Mm. um, or it's called Cancer-Free Generation from a tower research oncology. That's excellent.
1: That's a a fantastic thing to do with the experience right mm-hmm. it kind of takes this horrible thing that happened to you with so much pain and and uh, worry and and difficulty and um, and turns it into something that gives more meaning mm-hmm. to your life and and uh, allows you to help people right exactly what do you tell people who are newly diagnosed mm-hmm. to give them perspective on what they're going to go through
0: I'm really aware not to say give them too much information. I feel like I try to read them too as to how much they want to know because I know it's really overwhelming when you're newly diagnosed and you're talking to people and they're telling you lots of information about their experience. I I think the main thing is is that you're really stronger than you think. I mean, it's pretty incredible what the human body can go through mm. and the mind and your emotional state so I would I would say you, you can get through it and it's a it's a hard road but you kind of just have to take each day at a time and everyone's experience is so different somebody um, sent me this guide and it was written so poetically and I have passed that guide on it, it was like a guide to chemotherapy and and one of the things that I looked back at that guide through my experience because it was kind of a reminder that these drugs that are poisoning your body are actually getting rid of the cancer and they're actually helping you. And um, it's, I think she referred to it as, it's like kind of gold being sent through your veins Mm -hmm. that is getting rid of the cancer. And I would think about that throughout when I felt really bad.
1: So this was something that uh, somebody wrote based on uh, his or her own experience. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful because then you could really just dip into it as you needed to. so you've you've passed that along.
0: Yes, I have.
1: Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming in today to talk about your experience. I really appreciate it. Of course, thank you for having me. After Marissa left the studio, she got in touch with me to let me know that there was something that she wanted to add. And so I asked her to send me an audio file, and I've included that piece here.
0: When I left the studio today, I realized I left out an important part of my cancer experience. Diane, you had asked me what helped me get through my treatment, and a part I didn't mention was the support I had from family and friends. And in particular, my husband Brent, who was by my side during all my treatments and all those initial doctor's appointments, where you're completely terrified. And then, when I had my surgery, and as I said, being 37 and feeling completely numb across your chest and your sides and part of my back, and about to go through menopause at a very young age, he never treated me like a cancer patient and always made me, and still does, feel beautiful. And that has been very helpful. And the other person I just wanted to mention was my mother who is truly an angel and a saint and who stayed with me during every week of my treatment. And during my surgery, right after my surgery, she she stayed for a while. And it made the experience just a million times more tolerable for my children who were so excited that she was there and would be, well, mommy, you might be sick, but at least grandma's here. And they were very excited about that. And I just wanted to say that for my mom and Brent, I am forever grateful. That's
1: it for today's episode. Please subscribe to Real Cancer wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us via Twitter at Real Cancer Pod and email us with episode ideas at Podcast at gmail.com. If you know someone who'd be a terrific guest, I'd love to know about it. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel.